You're listening to the Physics Ed Podcast. For hundreds of ideas, free experiments and more, go to physicseducation.com.au. And now, here's your host, Ben Newsom. Yes, welcome again for another Phys Ed Podcast. Hey, glad to have you again for another chat around science and STEM and all that sort of thing. Hey, this week is interesting. We're hanging out with three highly passionate educators who are part of the Queensland Virtual STEM Academy. And if you haven't come across them, it is well worth your time because the QVSA, the Queensland Virtual STEM Academy, is doing a majorly cool thing with kids from remote and rural areas right across Queensland. You see, it's an initiative of the Queensland Government's Advancing Education and Action Plan for Education in Queensland, and it has a brilliant structure. It's all about posing grand challenges that STEM will solve and connecting students from all over the place with passionate teachers and experts from university and industry in an immersive virtual space. It's so cool, and it's underpinned by problem solving and very much about challenging kids and getting to really learn about how STEM truly works in the real world. Now, our three people that we get to hang out with are Glenn Beaumont, Brihar Cinnamon, and Wendy Bode. Now, a little bit about our three people. Glenn Beaumont is a deputy principal. He's with the Queensland Virtual STEM Academy, and he's also part of the Queensland Academy for Science, Mathematics, and Technology. He loves his science stuff, and he's been doing this for 30 years. He's taught with primary and secondary students in metropolitan, regional, and distance education settings. And so much so, he's actually completing his PhD, Exploring Adolescent Curiosity in Learning Science. Also joining us today is Breha Cinnamon, who is QVSA's Central Queensland Coordinator. She's coming out of Rockhampton State High School, where she's taught for over 15 years and has a true passion for STEM, science and physical education. Now, she's actually all part of getting STEM enrichment to work across QVSA, and she's working in conjunction with Central Queensland University all in the process. Also, we have joining us Wendy Bode, who is a Deputy Principal and part of the Global Tropics Future Project at Thorangawa State High School. And this is such a cool job. She's working yeah, as a Deputy Principal, but she's also in partnership with Queensland Departments of Education and James Cook University for this project called the Global Tropics Future Project. And it's all about providing opportunities for like-minded students to connect collaboratively and explore their passion for STEM as they become future problem solvers. And she's bringing 20 years of experience as a science teacher and a head of department, and she's helping really shape future of STEM education in North Queensland. Wow, quite an intro. <laughs> Three really, really cool people, and we get to hear what is the Queensland Virtual STEM Academy all about, and just why you might want to find out a little bit more. So uh, let's duck right into it. This is the Physics Ed Podcast. We're all about science, ed tech, and more. To see 100 fun free experiments you can do with your class, go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. And click 100 free experiments. Glenn, Breha, Wendy, welcome to the Phys Ed Podcast. Hi. Hi. Hey, Ben. <laughs> Hello. It's great to have you here. I tell you what, it's always a lot of fun trying to coordinate lots of us all on a call. <laughs> but, it's, <laughs> but it's great yep. to have you. Hey, um, I thought we'd just sort of ask. I mean, we've got a really, really cool concept here, and it's a really great program that's happening in Queensland. But you know what? You're the ones who know it more than I do. So, uh, Glenn, uh, what is this all about? Okay, well, uh, thanks. I'll just give a, a little quick context. So really this, the QVSA originated from a Department of Education, Advancing Education Agenda, surprisingly enough. Um, and it was about creating schools of the future. Uh, and what it does is it brings together the intent of building future STEM leaders. So building and developing students into future STEM leaders. Um, it's about supporting rural, remote and Indigenous learners um, to extend their learning 
and provide lots of extra opportunities in STEM. So I suppose the, the Queensland Virtual STEM Academy was created and had a fairly clear purpose. It's written down in all of our work and it's inspiring a passion and aspiration for STEM through innovative learning, enriching opportunities and transformational partnerships. And one of the things that we, well, I like to say a lot of it's, you know, for us, it's about creating more than opportunity. So rather than just kids having lots of bits and little pieces of opportunity, we want to create more and we want to deepen and extend what we're doing. But I know Wendy is keen to share some further information. <laughs> hey, thanks, Glenn. Um, look, I'd probably just um, go back to the very beginning where we first started the Queensland Virtual STEM Academy. And it was in 2017 where Glenn in Brisbane at the Queensland Academy of Science, Maths and Technology and myself in Townsville at Farringale State High School um, first started delivering these grand challenges and skill builder courses. Um, and from there, the success of the program just built and built. And um, Bria in Rockhampton joined us in um, 2018, was a quick, was a trial at the end of that year. And then Bria started full implementation in 2019. And now it's expanded to include the Solid Pathways um, network as well in Brisbane. So it's created this massive network across the state so that we can actually um, build the STEM enrichment capabilities of rural, remote Indigenous students and female students as well. And um, working all of together, we can um, just encapsulate all of the students who just would not have this opportunity any other way. So. Distance is not a barrier for us or for the students and um, you have remote students connecting with a dean from the local university. Um, it's just so powerful and something I would never experienced when I was at school. Um, but, but from this, I, I probably should explain the courses themselves and um, our grand challenges are designed upon um, a rich STEM global, national or local problem. And uh, the students are developing an, an innovation or a solution to this problem. And they're developing their 21st century skills at the same time. And in a course, you can have students from five, six different schools spread all across Queensland. So you can have a student who's on the border between Queensland and Northern Territory collaborating with someone who's on the coast of Queensland. Um, but I'll give an example of one grand challenge that we are delivering it um, and we've delivered it quite a few times now. Um, last year, Townsville suffered from floods very badly, the monster monsoon. And from that, I could see students really struggling with how to deal with a, a flood. We're in a cyclone area, so I like to say we're used to that, but we know what to do. And in floods, we just didn't know what to do. And I saw, you know, students were getting text messages, you know, flooding imminent, you need to get out, and they were getting confused and scared. Um, and just happened that Townsville City Council and the emergency department there, um, emergency management, just contacted me and said, we need to do something. We need to build the resilience of these students. And so from there, we had a group of people, oh, gee, the, you know, the Townsville City Council, James Cook University, Queensland Fire and Emergency Services, Red Cross, Queensland Reconstruction Authority, the Australian Institute for Disaster Resilience, all of these people recognising that this was an issue and we needed to be building the resilience of our students for a changing climate, okay, because the big topic, it's happening. Um, so we have a grand challenge and it's always over-enrolled over because schools want their students to be um, building their resilience in the community as well.
I imagine over-enrolled would totally be the case. I mean, like, I mean, yeah. considering how many schools there are in Queensland, there's, there's not a shortage. You have a lot of schools. How many, how many people are you dealing with here? How many students? Um, well, do you want me to answer that, Wendy? Or Yeah, that's okay. I, I've got the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> they, they tell me I like the numbers. Um, so, I mean, we started, Wendy, I think originally with only a couple of hundred kids in that 2017 trial. Um, and that's um, in the following year. Once we did that, we climbed up to around about 1,000. And this year, we think we'll you know push over 2,000 students all getting access to these 10-week courses, Grand Challenges and Skill Builders. So, and that's spread across the whole state. Um, yeah. That's wild. I, I think it would be good if Bria could share an example of grand challenge that she has. <laughs> Yay, Bria. <laughs> <That> she delivers. <laughs> um, so we're the newest uh, member of the network and it's been really heartening to be part of this team and I know that my students have benefited from working with Wendy and Glenn and their teams as well so I take a lot of um, inspiration from those guys and what they do so we try to write grand challenges that are 21st century problems as well that the kids would engage with but mostly like the things that we like as well so we our new favorite grand challenge is called Mission to Mars uh, and it's about solving problems that um, in terms of colonising Mars that the astronauts might come up with. Um, so the kids, we actually run a junior, which is a five, six, and a senior program, which is seven to nine. Because it was so popular, uh, we've had to separate it and we run them uh, tw two courses per round so far. And our expert is actually Professor Stephen Moore, who works here at Central Queensland University and he's a specialist in space health, but he's also worked with NASA uh, previously and he's done some work with my favorite astronaut uh, Chris Hadfield so uh, what he he's like the rock star of our experts the kids <laughs> just love him and so do I like I come into every session Professor Steve is in but he's so down to earth but he gives that he gives the kids that authenticity where can I go with my study what can I do and what I really like about him is that he's very upfront with the kids they say things to him like oh what's you know what's cool about Saturn and he's like you know what I don't know because I'm a specialist <laughs> in space health and it gives those kids that idea that you can you know we when they're doing their curriculum learning that we expect them to be good at everything they have to be good at biology they have to be good at chemistry whatever but when you go to university it's that idea that you can specialize in that little niche and Professor Steve he, he has his niche and he fits in that and it, it's so the kids just love it and the fact that he is always willing to come on in they come in um ben in like week two or three and they introduce themselves and what they do and then the experts come back in in week six or seven of our program and mentor the kids give them some guidance and they really build that relationship then they come back in right at the end and listen to the kids presentations and these kids have a real connection with these experts and it just provides them with that link that they ordinarily would not have if we didn't have this STEM Academy for them. And what I love about this STEM Academy is I mean, it is fairly new and yet it's dare I say exponentially growing <laughs> it seems to be going quite largely you know thousand you're gonna have yeah. two thousand I mean it, it by definition is I mean is that kind of what you thought it was going to do <laughs> <laughs> well we we all hoped um that it would grow to that sort of level we know the the number of students out there in rural and remote areas the need is there there's certainly a lot of schools that could do this um, and we bring that you know that opportunity to them I I see potential for it to grow even further 
So I mean, there'll be people listening in for sure going, right, I'm in Queensland and I've got some kids and I know we need to extend them. How on earth do we, like, how do you sort of identify these kids and even then trying to get them into this thing? Like, this, I mean, the fact that you're over-enrolled makes it sort of tough. I mean, how do the kids sort of <laughs> be able to get into this sort of thing? I mean, knowing that, you know, there are only so many number of places they can hang out with a professor. This is a really cool opportunity. It must be sort of tough to work out who gets in. Mm. We, well, I, I laugh at this, Ben, because Wendy and I have, uh, and Glenn, we all have a real problem saying no. Mm -hmm. so when yes, we do. Schools <laughs> contact us and they want to be part of it. We just, we just kind of make it work because if yeah. there's a kid out there that wants to be part of this, who are we to say no? Yeah. yeah so we will make it work for them. Yeah. I love and that. And then we, we just add more courses, and we, at my teaching team, has expanded from was it two to now is seven plus me is eight. So it's as the enrollments are growing or tripling, then so does the number of courses and so does, the, you know, you need experts, you need industry involvement. I mean, even though the numbers are getting bigger as well, we need to make sure we are providing that quality of our grand challenges and our skill builders and, and that authenticity comes from industry partnership. Well, absolutely. I mean, like that's one of the things that makes these things shine is, you know, linking up with industry is such a big thing. There's one that happens in New South Wales. It's called CISP. Uh, yes. Yeah, S-I-S-P. If you'd yep. like to look it up, check it on your favourite search engine, you'll be able to find that. Yep. Finding industry partners that actually have true buy-in and really want to actually dedicate the staff and the resources to it makes, you know, all the difference. And I, I guess as you have, you know, this is a new program. I mean, even describing what the program might look like might have been interesting. And um, now you've, you know, you, you've got that happening. Is it, a challenge uh, initially working with the industry or are they what are they clamoring to work with you like what what, what i mean I, I want to sort of get an idea of how it's like onboarding an industry partner because to be people listening in who haven't done that before and sort of you've done it and so i mean i'm just curious to see you know what was that process like go oh, wendy this is really your you, know, oh. you, do, you do you do this so well <laughs> oh thanks glenn um it all comes down to having that same um, vision and passion and um, wanting students to understand their world and their industry and when we are educating students about a particular industry then that makes them more aware of and the potential for STEM careers down the down the track. Mm -hmm. um, for example we have a mining grant challenge and to have experts come in um, and talk to the students about the mining industry they get a much better um, idea of actual actually working in, this, in the industry rather than just what they've heard um, in the community. So, um, you know, and you also find people at the university, like we work with James Cook University here in Townsville. Um, there's a Plastic Revolution Grand Challenge that we deliver and those scientists are so passionate about um, informing our students about their research and really inspiring students to take that pathway into university. So um, it's finding those people who really want to make a difference to students and um, interacting with their industry and their research right. that makes it, all the it, difference. It is a challenge though, isn't it, sometimes to get people to come in and play um, in the space with us. But as you said, Wendy, when they do get and see that passion, um, there's not many people in industry and research who don't like sharing and working with people around their passion. So that really works best. Um, when they're playing in that space. No, absolutely so. I mean, um, I mean, having industry involved is one thing, but actually seeing a genuine career pathway is a thing, especially when they can see the end game. Because, I mean, the, you, if you're hanging out um, in, a, in a high school, I mean, you, whether you're gifted or not, eventually you know you're going to leave school at some point. 
but actually hearing it from the real deal, what it's really like in the real industry makes all yeah. the difference. But then partnering with a university is kind of cool because then they can hear what sort of courses they sort of might need to do Absolutely. and why would you bother? I mean, that's that's a really good mix. Yeah. Um, ben, there's also, I keep throwing out uh, the skill builders <laughs> and grand challenges that we are delivering. Yes. However, <laughs> um, you know, like we have an Arduino skill builder and the university will, um, we have PhD students who actually mentor the students through that course. So they can ask, you know, they build this relationship with the industry expert and they can ask the industry expert, you know, how did you get there and what did you have to do to get there? Um, because mm -hmm. students in schools, they can really only see what they can see. So we need mm -hmm. to be exposing them to more. Yeah, well, and sometimes they don't get that message from their parents or their school um, as closely and as relevant as what those PhD students or third and fourth year students can give because the world has changed a lot um, in university and what they can do. Absolutely. So, I mean, like, with this skill building, I mean, okay, so the kid gets in front of an Arduino and they go, right, I, I don't even know what an Arduino is. For example, the kid might go, I've got no idea. I mean, how much background do they have to have to be able to get involved with this sort of thing? <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. Oh, that's Nothing. a good thing. That's usually a good Nothing. start. We do. <laughs> I mean, we, the, the way we structure our courses is we know the kids are bright, they're capable, mm. and we go from that position. Uh, what's probably different is the speed at which we may go through things like Arduino um, yeah. and the challenges and the expectations. And you get that from the experts and you get that from hearing the industry context around Can I that. actually ask? I mean, like, I mean, I, I remember as a kid, I got thrown through some of these things. And I had an absolute ball, um, but they were fairly prescriptive. They're probably like, you do the thing, now do the next thing, then you get another procedure, then you get to do the thing, <laughs> and then you, you, and the, and the thing gets done. Yeah. Um, how open-ended <laughs> is this? I mean, I mean okay. for a student who really wants to play, they can do some outlandish stuff if you give yeah. them enough rope. So we have... Um under, underwriting all of our grand challenges, a problem-based learning approach. Mm. So within that context, students need to engage deeply at first in the topic and get an understanding. And what we do is we then build discipline knowledge and skills um, because it's all about if you want to understand and engage deeply, you need to have the, the understanding, the conceptual knowledge yeah. and the skills. But then it's all about student agency. There's not a course where these students in the grand challenges can't bend and ply their own passion and their interest and build yeah. and create. I, I can't tell you how many variations of things these students have created um, to solve a yeah. problem. And what I love, I think, Bria, there was a brilliant story from one of your courses um, around, it was the... Just one. Waging, no, well, I'm thinking of the waging <laughs> war on waste when the expert, well, you tell me, you, know, you tell the story tell, about yeah. that waging war on waste. Yeah, where well, the expert actually, uh, the boys ideated an app that would help reduce uh, food waste and the expert wanted to put in some backing in order to get it off the ground. Um, they wanted cool. to be associated with um, putting the app out there. But um, following on from what Glenn was saying, the kids the kids drive their Grand Challenge solutions. And so, for example, we just ran the round two bushfire reduction Grand Challenge where we have two firemen that are our experts that come in. And the kids love them uh, because, like, everyone loves a firefighter, right? Um, <laughs> and they ask the best questions. And one of the boys, when they finished, he said to me, I've never been asked what my second favourite piece of equipment on my fire truck is before. Um, but in the same Grand Challenge, 
challenge. We had uh, two kids design bushfire resistant housing and they used research and data from Australian bushfires from 2020 um, to guide that. In the same grand challenge, we had two boys uh, design an AI inspired drone that would carry tanks of water to um, uh, identified hotspots and um, then a like a uh, like an army of smaller drones would then move to that spot and drop water on those bushfires. Um, that's alongside in the same Grand Challenge kids who designed um, an awareness program and an app that was based off the COVID Safe app, uh, but they had a bit of a look at how that could work without it needing um, something like a phone. Um, connection. How could they do that? So these are kids, these are like 10 year old kids um, and they're just amazing. They, they, Honestly, every time we sit in a Grand Challenge presentation, they blow our minds and you just think these kids are the future and this program gives them that space to, you know, to go deeply into the knowledge but then to be creative and it, it just, this is the best job in the world, Ben. I couldn't ask for a <laughs> better job. Ditto. Ditto. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. I mean, I was actually just think, just listening into this, just going, it's like an incubator. <laughs> In a, yeah. in a lot of ways. I mean, yeah, you, you've, got, you've got their grand challenges, they've got design, but um, yeah. to a student, I mean, actually connected with the industry and the fact that they actually want to pour a little bit of cash into a conceptual idea, that is like the real deal. That's mm -hmm. what actually happens in the real world. I mean, that's really cool. And that experience, they will, well, they'll keep for a very long time and most likely apply it. Because, yeah. I mean, like you said, you, you only see what, you know, you, you only be what you see type thing. I mean, if they're actually doing it, well, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. I mean, imagine having this conversation in 10 years' time. I wonder where, what, what outputs, what impacts we'd expect. I suspect they'd be broad. They definitely are. That's really, really cool. So, it's a, so having think about, you know, the outputs, impacts, and blah, 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 we often hear in schools. Yep. Imagine you get the questions that, righto, so we've we got to have X amount of time. Is it on top of their classwork? Is it during their classwork? I mean, how do we link it back to, you know, curriculum, blah, blah, blah. How do you sort of how do you, how do you work with the individual school teachers to make sure that it's not impeding upon their time and also making sure it you know you know high quality time given to those students? Well, uh, Glenn, do you want to take that no. question? Or oh, you want me to take that question? <laughs> or I can. can take that question. I don't uh, mind. You, you start, um, and I'll add. If we I need, need to. A, we need All a right. virtual, virtual like a hot potato that we throw <laughs> yeah. around and zoom, don't we? <laughs> well, Ben, the thing the thing is. <laughs> The thing is that, yes. you know, we have students who will come off class to go to instrumental music. We have students who'll come off class to go to PE. So why not have students that are excelling in class and they come off and they go and do the STEM enrichment courses? Okay, so that's how we look at it there. Um, we have evidence to show as well that the skills that they are developing in the grand challenges at Skill Builders is transferring into their regular classroom. And that that is what brings schools back time and time again so you know we've been doing this for a few years now and and people will you know we send out an EOI to schools at the end of the year and they come they're coming in all of the time and there's schools that have been there from the very first time back in 2017 and they're still enrolling students so that fact is enough to tell us that you know we we are. The students oh, are excelling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. I mean, I, I'm actually happy you said it that way because I would have actually answered it that way myself. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> the reality is these are transferable skills. They're not living in a little silo that doesn't get transferred no. anywhere. Of course it's useful. No. And I love that you said that, you know, if you can go to music class, why can't you go to STEM class? 
Like, and the, the same thing applies to also with, you know, kids will go for learning support. They'll go for a reading group and, you know, we'll, we'll do a really good job of looking at that, um, the students who need the support, but equally we need to be doing as good a job with the students who need enrichment and extension. And that's, that's one mm -hmm. of the things we, we provide. And I know the schools really value that and a lot of the rural and remote schools really value that in the STEM discipline because that may not be as mm -hmm. common a practice in their school, you know. Um, yep. that's really important for them. So they will, as Wendy said, come back and want to participate again. So creating a project, whatever they're doing an app or where they're doing a real thing that's going to be built, I mean, just by the nature of it being QVSA, I mean, you actually have Virtual STEM Academy, you have people all over the state. Coordinating resources is an interesting <laughs> challenge between the kids. How, how do they go about that? I mean, I'm guessing you're really teaching them project management skills in a lot of ways. How do, they, how do they go with that? I mean, are they, are they paired up and they sort of work together through a, a, a management app like Trello or something? Like, how, how, do they, how do they handle this? Oh, one of the things that um, I, well, actually I'm really proud of what we do is we, have, we lift the kids very rapidly um, into the space of using the platform, which we use as IC, yeah. using emails, using the internet, using OneNote, using Padlet, using Tinkercad, and we build the skills within what we do. So the students learn very quickly how to do this. And it, I know Wendy has a great story, but there's um, around some students that did that, but it's, it always surprises teachers how quickly these students can do all those things. Mm. Um, you know, after a couple of weeks of immersion, real motivation and support. And it just, yeah, it is quite surprising what they can do in such a short period of time. One thing I'd love to ask about, I mean, I do, I actually a little bit aware of this platform, but I mean, be, it isn't as well known. The IC platform is just frankly cool. It just is. <laughs> <laughs> it yeah. is. I love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it is, yeah. It's been cool. It's, it's been one of those things. It's, it's not as well known. And I really love the fact that you've chosen to use this. Maybe describe to people who are listening in just what it sort of looks like and why you chose that platform. <laughs> I'll go down the, uh, you guys can explain the, what it looks like. I'll go down the why, sure. um, because really I see is, if I remember the story correctly, it was built out of the need to look at um, distance learning differently because, you know, people using, you know, Blackboard or online MOOCs and chats, um, you just, what they found was, and this was from the researchers, they found that they, people just weren't engaging. So they weren't actually deeply engaging in what they're doing. So they built this platform and it's built around collaborative and cooperative learning. Um, it supports social connection, social construction of knowledge. And a really big thing underpinning a lot of our, you know, connections with students is their ability to connect and their ability to collaborate. So that's what sits under, you know, it facilitates discovery, learning and collaboration, questioning, discussion, you know, those sorts of things that we all know as educators are quite powerful learning tools. It just does that intuitively when you're in immersed in a 3D space. So I don't know whether someone wants to describe the 3D world. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to go for that? Uh, yeah, it's it's honestly like this tiny little 3D world that the kids can immerse in. You've got your own avatar that you can walk around, you can jump. Um, in the social area, you've got boards that the kids can access. They can put a text on, they can upload pictures, they can um, use it as a whiteboard. Uh, there's trees that have leaves that move. Um, the kids love climbing the Ferris wheel at the back and they like to meet on the roof. I mean, what other <laughs> classroom can you have a meeting on the roof um, and still be 
be productive. Um, there's so many different spaces. So we have a classroom space, we've got a lab space. You can add tables, you can remove tables. Uh, you can jump on megaphone. Uh, the kids can collaborate using spatial audio in a space where, just like in real life, if you move your little avatar away from theirs, um, it, they're not disrupting anyone else. And you can move your little person over. You hear all these little learning um, activities going on. It's just yeah it's it's an immersive but amazing platform that I have not seen replicated anywhere else as successfully as IC does it uh, not even close I mean I was lucky enough to see it um, when I was in its, in its, in its not, I don't know if it was infancy but certainly around 2012 2013 it was you know just been developed and this is really cool is honestly what you describe avatars you know it, a picture of the person with a smiley face and it turns left and right and you can see people and whatnot but the fact that it does spatial audio is very cool because that means that all of a sudden you could almost have thousands of people in one space and they're not banging over ever talking over the top of each other because yeah it, that is just genius yeah. and yeah. really yeah, cool we, that's sorry well i was going to say we would often in the space the kids would go off in groups and they'd collaborate in the board and the teacher mm -hmm. would look around it's just a little bit bigger than a classroom but that's exactly what happens no, it's really cool, and I've always thought, I thought what would be kind of neat is like you know how you have the uh, the, the music concerts and they've got the different stages, all the different bands playing. You could effectively have the same sort of thing. We have virtual uh, projects, virtual uh, you know they're going to show yep. showing their posts, they can be showing whatever the thing they've been doing, and the kids could go to what they're interested in. Um, you know, it's almost, yeah, it's just a cool place to check out. <laughs> to describe yeah. it, it yeah. just really yeah. is. Just look up IC, yeah. absolutely. Um, so that's really cool. So I mean, so. I'm guessing that the fact that you're going up so quickly in numbers and whatnot, that produces obviously a bit of a challenge in terms of managing internally, like what you've got to do as things grow, hey? Mm. But that's... That's where the colour coordinating comes in, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. And that's a natural thing for every place to do, but it, this is a really, really highly valuable thing. And the only, I mean, I guess the question is, I mean, I'm just interested, it would be, what happens if you've got a student who's not quite in your borders? Uh, right now, are they able to play or is it maybe something that may come up in the future or not quite yet because of funding? Just, just out of interest. Is that, is that a thing? Like if you've got someone just outside of border? It might be coming up in the future. future. I mean, yeah, like mm. um, at this point, um, like we do have Solid Pathways joining us as well and um, just to make sure that we cover all of Queensland. But um, of I, I have had lessons before with the Singapore school and um, that was after school and it was really, really interesting. So, you know, anything, anything is possible. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're, we're a bit entrepreneurial at times, I think, <laughs> um, the group yeah. of us. And, and that's one of the things about the whole team. You know, there's a great deal of professional respect and autonomy within the team. We know our mission, um, but we are given, you know, some leeway to go in and play and experiment with what we're doing and how we're doing it. it it's quite a rewarding place to be very uh, unusual that's awesome so i'm just actually wondering if if, if a someone who was wanting to set this up i don't know you know they're in a different state another country so to speak and they go you know what we want to copy what you guys are doing <laughs> not so much copy <laughs> but at least at least, you know, at yeah. least emulate so to, you know what, what you've been getting up to because it obviously has some impact and it could be really really cool for their students what would be some advice when you're initially planning the stuff to make it so it works Knowing that you know, you're three years down down into this now, you've seen what works and what doesn't, what not. What would be some advice to, for you know, a strategic unit to be strategic about this uh, implementation? 
Um, I'll yeah. just th I'll just throw in. I won't go strategic. I'll go conceptual. I think sure. one of the greatest strengths of what we have is we've all come around a very strong common purpose and sitting beside that you know, is a commitment to you know stem learning deep stem learning um, student agency uh, appropriate pedagogies uh, and that's the that's the core of where we started so everything we do sits around this you know deep thinking mm -hmm. around the purpose and why and what we want to achieve that's probably the first thing that I would say um, operationally or organizationally Wendy and Bri are probably better than me sure. <laughs> Oh, no, I actually agree, Glenn, in that, you know, mm. you always have to keep focusing on that vision um, so that you don't, you don't lose the whole purpose of why you're doing it. Um, and also advice would be not to go big, like you need to start small because you don't want the, you don't want to not, you don't want to ruin the experience. You yeah. need to maintain that quality because then there's no point to it and you lose the vision again. Yeah. So it's always making sure people are on the same page yeah we do a lot of work around quality assurance so everything that we do all the units that we create um, is all against that foundation but all reviewed by each other to ensure that it fits our purpose and our vision and our goals ah, that's brilliant now there'll be undoubtedly some people would love to get in touch so <laughs> my question to you is uh how do they do that <laughs> how do they get in touch um website <laughs> uh, or look up the Queensland Virtual STEM Academy. So there's two main websites uh, that we use and um, but if you go through to the Queensland Virtual STEM Academy you'll find us there and there's contact details for all of us uh, because I'm based in Brisbane, Bria in Rocky and uh, Wendy in Townsville so there might be some local connections there that are, are more appropriate. I'm going to ask you a random question. Have you actually ever been in the same room? Has it always been virtual? Not this year. Not this year. No, no. We, we have been, we, we would meet twi at least twice a year where mm -hmm. we'd sit down for two days um, because that's really important to build. It's, it, it's all for us about relationships and connections and a deep understanding. Yep. And you can do a lot more sitting down for two days than 10 one-hour meetings online. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. absolutely. So, so those conversations that happen over lunch is where something gets creative that you weren't really expecting to happen. That's where it gets interesting. Yeah, uh, absolutely. And it's Look, nice to have all our team together, Glenn Hay, as well. Ah. So, like, uh, if we can get, if I can get my teaching team from here, and Wendy can bring hers, and, and Glenn can bring his, they don't often get to interact. Yet they're all they're all serving a common purpose. We all follow the same vision, but we never really get to interact as an entire group so those days are really special absolutely so i mean having come from quite a few years doing distance learning nothing says you know that 2020 needs a bit of face-to-face -face. <laughs> no no <laughs> it is a thing that needs to happen face-to-face it, it, -face is just as important totally for sure yeah. and then, look I think what you're doing is fantastic. I'd be very curious to see um, what happens in the future with this because I mean, it doesn't have to go massively crazy huge, but at the same point, every one of those kids I can hear are really being looked after and it's really giving them an outlet. It really, it's a yeah. creative outlet that, yeah, it's STEM, but there's an A in there. There's a STEAM. There's an artistic ability to be able to create oh, yes. stuff. And uh, yeah. gee, I'd love to see the showcases as they, as they get created. Yeah, cool. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, well done. Well, thank you very much for your afternoon. Thank you for uh, hanging out in uh, term three, so the thick of everything, <laughs> <laughs> which is our busiest time, and, and you know, week after National Science mm -hmm. Week, no doubt. So, uh, oh yes, <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, and uh, well done to the industry partners and the university partners who've been, yeah, because you are just as important. And uh, really, uh, this is really cool, and love to see where this goes next. Great, thanks, thanks. Ben. Thanks, thanks ben. ben. Not all TPL for teachers is as awesome as it could be. I feel like there's a lot of PowerPoint presentations, a lot of sitting and listening to someone talking. Well, if you want a break from that, physics TPL sessions are fully hands-on, fully integrated with the curriculum and full of amazing science ideas that you can put in your classroom right now. Well, there we go. We just heard from Glenn Beaumont, Breha Cinnamon, and Wendy Bode, who you can really tell love their STEM and their virtual teaching of it, which is so very cool through the QVSA. So tell you what, I reckon it's well worth checking out the Queensland Virtual STEM Academy. So jump on their website, type in qvsa.eq.edu.au. Again, qvsa.eq.edu.au. You can find out all about this. You can find about their vision, their structure, the benefits to students, and how you might be able to get involved, especially if you're from Queensland, and especially rural and remote people. Time to apply, I reckon so. So remember, it's for grade five through to grade nine, but as you can hear from our three educators, they're very open-minded to see where else this program can take them and how cool is this? I'd love to honestly uh, catch up with them again in a couple of years' time and find out, you know, you know finding out all about the impact and just how far and wide this really goes because this virtual space is a really good idea and I've got this funny feeling it's going to keep growing and growing and growing. So that is enough from me from the Phys Ed Podcast. I hope you've been enjoying these series as we go going along we have more coming up and uh, I'm certainly enjoying doing this so uh, again you've been listening to me Ben Newsom from Physics Education and you've been listening to the Phys Ed Podcast I'll catch you another time You've been listening to another Physics Ed Podcast We're excited about science Subscribe to us on iTunes to download the next episode as soon as it's released and don't forget for hundreds of ideas free experiments our new Be Amazing book and more go to physicseducation.com.au. That's physics spelled F-I-Z-Z-I-C-S. This podcast is part of the Australian Educators Online Network. AEON.net.au.